Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Welcome to another edition, Super Bowl edition. It's this time of the year again. It's Super Bowl time, Super Bowl LI, Super Bowl 51. Here we go, people. Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots again, people. The Patriots are back in it again. With the upstart. The Atlanta Falcons rise up, ATL. They're up all in Houston. Looking to do the damage, looking to win their first Super Bowl. Matt Ryan and company. But first, before we get into the Super Bowl, let's take... Let's talk about what took place last last night in Houston. 2017 NFL Honors and the many recipients of reward, reward excuse me rewards awards that took place in Houston yet last night. Sixth annual. NFL honors. Let me go down the list to see, tell you what happened here yesterday. FedEx Air, uh, Air Air Leader Matt Ryan had a pretty good night last night. Okay, hopefully it transcends into two nights. Have a hell of one, probably the best weekend of his career. Quite possibly, Matt Ryan could have. He took home the FedEx Air Player of the Year. He took home the AP Offensive Player of the Year. And he also took home the MVP of the NFL, the AP MVP of the NFL, Matt Ryan. Had a big night. Ground Player of the Year was Ezekiel Elliott. He was also up for the Offensive Rookie of the Year. His co-rookie of the Dallas Cowboys, two, two outstanding rookies of the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, took home the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. That was a surprise to me. I thought the Zeke was going to take home 
the uh, rookie of the year because he balled out, had the most yardage of any rushing uh, running back, I should say, any running back this year, but he balled out. But the, it, but, and besides that, um, the offensive line, built for tough offensive, pl- offensive line of the year, went through the Dallas Cowboys quite naturally. Because the, they paved the way for Zeke to, to get that rookie of the year and have an outstanding year. And defensive line stays together along with that running back. You know what Emmitt Smith did. Zeke can, can, can follow in those footsteps. If they can keep that line together and keep Zeke healthy, you best to believe that the staple of the Dallas Cowboys will be just like it was in the 90s when um, Emmett. Michael and Troy were uh, at their at their heyday. Just, you, you you like to see things like that, and uh, it could be a making of a, a of a dynasty. Okay, Art Rooney Sportsmanship of the uh, Year award went to Frank Gore of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Frank of the uh, U, formerly of the uh, um, few years back of the San Francisco 49ers. Now he's doing his due in Indianapolis. You don't have too many years left. He's like 33, 32, somewhere around there. One of the oldest backs in the league, but still doing it. Clutch player performer of the year went to Derek Carr. Um, he he pulled out a lot of games out late in the game late late in the fourth quarter. Um, unfortunately, he got hurt uh, and uh, shortened um, his season and the Oakland Raiders um, season. Coach of the year went to Jason Garrett. The Cowboys were besides Matt Ryan, the Cowboys were cleaning up. Ground player of the year and Zeke Elliott. Uh, offensive rookie of the year with Dak Prescott. Offensive play, I mean, offensive line of the year, Dallas Cowboys. And he also had the uh, AP coach of the year in Jason Garrett. Only one I, uh, greatest on the road award was Le'Veon Bell. Defensive play of the year went uh, um, Khalil Mack. I think this was his year, definitely that. Um, comeback play of the year, he balled out. I think he had the most wide, most touchdowns of any wide receiver in, in, in the regular season. That was Jordy Nelson. Um, and it was a co-man of the year. Now, I, I, there's two, two, two awards. Two awards that I took, took issue with last night. Two awards. One was the co-man um, of the year award presented to Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald. Now you had three guys nominated. Greg Olson who who's had the has a, a kid and he, he and he uh, does a lot of work and he had made, he made a he got a law. He got a law enacted in 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 the state of North Carolina with his work, with his due di- with his diligence in, in trying to get things um for the better for kids with um, a certain heart disease. And he got a law enacted in North Carolina. 
Eli Manning, who's done countless amount of charitable work, along with Larry Fitzgerald, um, and Greg Olson. And this is an awkward moment here. So you have the Walter Payton Film Man of the Year. Uh, I can't recall other than this year, and, and I think you said it was this. This is the second time it happened that you had co-men of the year. Well, I got a problem with that because you got three nominated and you leave the third one hanging out there. And, and, and to me, to me, if it was me, if it was me, you either give it to one or you give it to all three. In this circumstance, you don't give it to two of them. You don't give it to two of them. And, and and the thing about it is this, and, and I think this is bad bad taste on the producer or director or whoever was directing the show last night. When Eli Manning and Larry Fitzgerald won this award, the camera went on Greg Olson. Like. What are you? What are you looking to find? What are you look? You looking to see what kind of reaction because he he got left out of the three. That's bad taste. That's horrible. Why would you do that? Why would you do? Do you pan to Greg Olson when the the two others are announced as the winner? What? That makes no sense. That I mean that was. In such poor taste, when I saw what happened, I I, I was like, I, I would have said to the director, "Dude, what are you doing? Take the camera off of him, put it on the two, the two guys. Why are you just looking for for a loser's reaction? That's what you're looking for, and that is bad taste. And this and and the fact is, if and I really thought Greg Olson was going to win it because the fact is. He had a law enacted. He changed the law in North Carolina, and he's dealing with uh, uh, the actual ailment that his kids had each and every day. So, why would you why would you pan on somebody who lost the award, trying to get trying to get whatever type of reaction? And I, and to tell you the truth. I really like Greg Olson as a player, and I really respect him as a man because I've known about his situation for quite a while, and he, this guy from Jersey. The guy is from North Jersey. Yes, he is. Down-to-earth guy, real good dude, real good dude, and it, he didn't deserve what took place to him along with his wife who was standing right next to him. And both of them handled it well. Handled typically, typically just like you would expect from Greg Olson with class. So I had a problem. I had a real problem with that when I saw what happened. I took it all in. I said, you know what? That, 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 why, why are you going that way? Why are you panning on him to find out what he gonna, how is he going to react to a loser's uh, uh, um, you're just looking for some something negative in that in that in my opinion in that in that case, I didn't think that was right. And the other problem I really had 
Now, you had some real bona fide, real bona fide guys that were nominated for the defensive rookie of the year. And I, and, and I have nothing against the guy who won it. I have nothing against the school that the guy, the college that the guy come from. I just think this guy was not the defensive rookie of the year. I think there were um, the other, you could have picked any one of the other nominees. Not Joey Bosa from uh, the San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers, and uh, formerly of Ohio State. So he held out. Uh, he didn't come in on time, and he only he didn't play a full set of games. So I I don't understand it, and I had a problem with that. Now, oh, and, and that was number two, and I just thought about it because I'm looking at the guys that got nominated for the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame for the class of 2017. And I got a problem with one guy, and I know uh, there's a certain person that, that lives with me that's going to rise up and say, why do you have a problem with this guy? The, I, the reason I have a problem with this guy is because I don't think he's uh, worthy of the Hall of Fame at this time when there's a better player um, that should be um, put in the Hall of Fame that got shirked last year, and I thought he was going to get put in this year. And I can't remember the last time two players from on the same position, especially running back, get put into the Hall of Fame at the same time. Now, I got to congratulate all the, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, all the men that it that he got uh, uh, that phone call to say that they're going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. And Latanian Thomason is one of them. Morton Anderson, Latanian Thomason, running back from the now now Los Angeles Chargers. Morton Anderson from the uh, New Orleans Saints. Kenny Easley from the uh, New England Patriots. Jerry Jones, an owner. Um, if uh, the owner for the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys had a big day last night, a big night last night. Really, they had a big. The owner, the coach, the two rookie running backs they had a day, and the offensive line, uh, two rookie um, um, in the backfield, the quarterback and the running back, and the offensive line they had a. Besides Matt Ryan, the Cowboys cleaned up also. Um, Terrell Davis, the second running back going in, Kurt Warner. The uh, quarterback that that that's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and and I and I left the worst in my opinion for last. The worst in my opinion. Now some who are Dolphin fans quite naturally are going to say yeah. Some some who are Jason Taylor fans, not necessarily Dolphin fans. Jason Taylor fans are going to say yeah, but I got a problem. Okay, okay, I, I but. I got a problem when you, you when you put in Jason Taylor and exclude Terrell Owens, who's the third leading wide receiver in all of NFL. 
for the second year in a row, Terrell, Terrell Owens did not get uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, now you got to believe that there is some bias out there with the uh, writers because there's no way that that should happen. Absolutely no freaking way. That Terrell Owens, who's uh, uh, number two, if I'm not mistaken, just behind uh, Jerry Rice in in in, in uh, yardage for a wide receiver, um, and, and uh, I'm trying to think what the other uh, um, and I tell you in a minute. As soon as I bring it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm going to find it and and tell you exactly exactly. Why I think Terrell Owens, who for the second year in a row gets totally disrespected, and and uh, not get his name called to um, to the uh, NFL, uh, NFL Hall of Fame. If the if the you know Terrell Owens is, is, is this Terrell Owens ranks number number two in in the NFL in wide receivers behind Jerry Rice ahead of Randy Moss and Randy Moss if I'm not mistaken is up for. Uh, the 2018 Hall of Fame uh, induction and, and, and be eligible in his first year. But because of, of I got to believe it's a media bias because he's got the stats. There's no reason why Terrell Owens should not be um, one of the uh, recipients to uh, one of the guys getting into the Hall of Fame this year. No, no freaking way, no freaking way. So, I, 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 in my opinion, in my opinion, it shouldn't be Jason Taylor. It should be Terrell Owens, and, and Jason Taylor maybe next year. Now it's Terrell Owens, maybe next year. Obviously, the majority of the writers are. And I'll say it. I, I'm not afraid to say uh, are older white men, uh, and and I think they have a bias against a, a black man that speaks his mind, that uh, is not afraid to speak his mind and tell you the truth. Um, I know, just like a lot of other wide receivers, they're they're divas. They have their own idiosyncrasies, but Terrell Owens, when it hit the field, he was on point. Terrell Owens never got in trouble off the field in his whole career. Never was on a police blotter off the field. Never, ever. His only problem was because his grandmama told him, you tell the truth, you ain't got nothing, nothing, no conscience to think about. Now, that can get you in trouble in the NFL. Well, the simple fact is, anybody who knows or plays sports, 
uh, professional sports knows there's a lot of politics involved in professional sports. Doesn't make a difference what sports you're in. There's a lot of politics and and uh, a biting of the tongue that you have to have. You are playing professional sports, whether it's against a teammate, against the organization, or or, or, or whatever. Sometimes discretion is the greatest greater part of valor, and and Terrell Owens did not bite his tongue completely. Let me put it that way. He 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 uh, he let he let it out there and rubbed people the wrong way, rubbed organizations the wrong way, some of his fellow teammates the wrong way. But when it came time to play. 15,934 yards, number two in the NFL behind Jerry Rice. Meaning, what I'm saying, when it came time to play, T.O. laid it out on the field. Laid it all out on the field. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Get to the game. Let's get to the game. ATL, Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. Rise up is what their mantra is. Rise up is what their motto is. Arthur Blank and his organization. I got to hand it to Arthur Blank. I don't even know who's manning the, the, the security back in, back in Atlanta for the Atlanta Falcons. I don't even know who's left, who's 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 uh, who's left, because from what I understand, 500 employees or something like that, or whatever amount it was, Arthur Blank is footing the bill for everybody in the Atlanta Falcons organization to come to the Super Bowl. It's a organizational party, not just for a selected few. One of one of the co-owners at one time for Home Depot. It's a class act, class act, and 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 are not afraid to call somebody out. Let me check this. Check this out. Arthur Blank, uh, the owner of the of the um, Atlanta Falcons, and um, the owner of the New England Patriots. We're on an interview with, I do believe, Rich Eisen of the NFL Network. And uh, Rich Eisen said to uh, Bob Kraft uh, and Arthur Blank, who is the most famous person in your cell phone? Bob Kraft first. And uh, Arthur Blank, co-owner now, put put Bob Kraft on, on blast. Before Bob Kraft could answer, he pointed to Bob Kraft and said, I bet you it's Donald Trump. Oh, 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 he voted for Trump or something like that. Which is true. Uh, him, Bob Kraft, and Donald Trump are very, very good friends. And, he, and I, I'm positive he voted for Trump. I thought that was one one hell of a moment that a, a fellow owner put another owner on blast. Besides being a class guy, he uh, um, 
he's uh he's not afraid to 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 talk up because he, he's got it like that. So, and come on, you, you if if you are a guy that owner in the ATL. Now there has been some foul owners, Atlanta Atlanta Hawks owner at one point uh, or uh, high-ranking management has some disparaging w- words to say to African Americans, and and he had to um, take a walk. That was a few years back. So there there are some some um, questionable people that own teams, but I don't think I don't believe from what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, that Arthur Blank is one of them. Um, he's a, one of one of the guys that likes the I word instead of the uh, the e e word. The I word is inclusive. The E word is exclusive. So um, I, I think uh, Arthur Blank is one of those inclusive guys. So um, if you know what I mean, if if you know what I mean. So anyway, let's get to the game. No, see, I just threw in some uh, stuff for the Hall of Fame, and I just threw in a little bit of politics. I I really don't want to get into politics. I may next week. I got into it last week. I may this week. I mean, uh, next week. So, um, I told you well at one point, and I know we've got 18 minutes in the show. It's going to be a 45-minute show. I told you at one point that uh, uh, Mac are... Um, um, one one uh, uh, brother that is uh, um, looks has a view from the uh, right side of the aisle was going to re up his show or bring his show back along with me being a co host after the first of the year. I know I mentioned that more than once. Um, well, I haven't heard from him yet, and. I'll put it out there like this. From what I'm seeing, because I'm still friends with him on Facebook, um, he likes to put things out there, and I'll put it like this. He likes to stick and move. So he puts things out there, and um, no matter how crass or or how um, much that you go, go back at him, he won't answer. He'll just put it out there and keep moving. So I don't think he's ready for me this time to get back on the air and hash out the things that I see versus the things with a different point of view that he sees. Because I think, and, and I know how I know how he is. I think he's going to be proven wrong over and over again. He can't state the facts because the facts aren't alternative. They're real facts. So I I think that he puts things out there knowing that he really can't. And and I could be wrong, but I, I, I truly believe this. He won't sit down with anybody that I've seen on Facebook and wrote and go back and forth because uh, regardless of what you say, and, and I hate to, I, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but I want, this is what I'm saying here, people. 
for the Trumpets that listen to day in and day out news. And I'm not talking about alternative facts. I'm talking about real time, honest to truth facts that can't be disputed, that can't be compromised. They're absolutely the truth, whether you want to believe it or not. If you want to look at it at a skewed and different perspective because you want to be proven right, and more than one way, when I say right, I mean right. And 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 uh, it doesn't make a difference if the truth is, is right in front of you because it's coming out of the regime. And I'll say it like that, the regime of um, our current president who – and he said this. He said this yesterday – I think it was yesterday – with an interview from – Bill O'Reilly on Fox News. This is this is what the mentality, and, and I haven't seen any reactions to this, and I, I, may, I, I may not get the exact words, but I'm going to get it very close. Bill O'Reilly asked him about how do you feel about or do you admire Vladimir Putin? And um, our president, like he said many other times, said he he uh, admired Vladimir Putin for the leader that he is. And Bill O'Reilly said to him, you know, Vladimir Putin is a killer. He's a bad dude. Our president said, well, the United States, we got a lot of bad dudes. We got a lot of killers, too. Like he was equating Vladimir Putin with people in the United States. So he was trying to justify, oh, we got a lot of, the, the, the same amount of killers or whatever as Vladimir Putin. And I didn't get the whole rest of that interview, but that's not the first time that our esteemed president has tried to justify his feelings about Vladimir Putin. Which is scary because of the fact that he's the president, he's the leader of the free world. The free world. Okay? Vladimir Putin doesn't believe in a free world. For those that didn't know, one of the people that helped bring the news, if I'm not, making, if I'm not mistaken, or a journalist or something like that, that um, uh, brought the uh, information about Trump and Vladimir Putin uh, to light was found shot to death in a car. I'm not. I'm not making that up. And this is not the first time that Mr. Putin, and I hate to say it like that, has done that. Anybody who disagrees doesn't go along, is not a supporter of his uh, um, dictatorship, is uh, eliminated or imprisoned. Vladimir Putin was a former um, head of the KGB. Now he is the demand of the, the head of the Russian government. And 
if you look at what's taken place since president has taken place, I put it out on Facebook, and I'll say it again. I said it last week or the week before or whatever when I said it in the last couple of weeks. Divide and conquer. Suppress, suppress. They're divide and conquer. Already, already. You can see that anyone, anyone in the press that doesn't go along or doesn't um, question this administration is accepted. Anybody who questions it, they call it fake news. Try to dispel it. Try to suppress the press. Anyone asked, asked, asking questions or criticizing or bringing to light the actual truth of what's taking place. That's why you see all these demonstrations. That's why you see what you see. And you may not agree with all the demonstrations, but let me put, let me, let me, let me enlighten people here. Just one instance. Let me enlighten people here. I'm going to take you back to the sixties people. Take you. I'm going to take you back when People like myself, the same uh, pigmentation in my in my uh, color, along with a group of uh, uh, quite a few a mixed group of people, were protesting against civil rights. You know how many people at the time when they were peaceful demonstrations, posed to, to the uh, protests, the percentage-wise. In the United States, I'm not just talking about one country, I mean, one county, one state, one uh, um, part of the, uh, uh, of the uh, um, country. I'm talking about state, uh, 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 nationwide. The percentage of people that were opposed to protests for civil rights, 63, 63%. 63%. Were opposed back in the '60s when people were protesting peacefully for civil rights. Protesting, and I'm talking about peaceful protesting. I'm not not talking about uh, busting up things uh, unnecessarily. Peaceful protests, and people oppose it, does not necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Boston Tea Party was a protest. The Boston Tea Party was a protest against the British government for unfair taxation. The Boston Tea Party, beginning of the United States, many people have fought, have protested to change the wrongs to rights with the um, the majority of the people, and this is true, every time, if, if I'm not mistaken, the majority of people in the country, the percentage-wise, when people have protested, were on the opposite side of that uh, uh, protest. So you don't agree because people are protesting about certain things that are happening or soon 
soon to be happening because of the current administration, that does not necessarily mean it's wrong. But you're, but, but understand this too, people. If you don't agree with it, you're in great company because you're not the only one that did this. This, this has been happening for ever since the country has been in existence. So you can feel, you don't, don't feel bad. If that's the way you think, don't feel bad. Just understand that through protest, good things do happen that benefit you. That can benefit you. So you may not agree with it because whatever your political affiliation and it goes against what your mindset and what you you're you're in lockstep with a certain administration. Things are going. To, there's going to be resistance to these type of changes because they're radical changes. And when you say make great America great again, America's already great. You saw. You saw. You saw the complexion of the administration. You saw the type of individuals that are going to be in charge of certain departments. In, within the administration, if you don't have a problem with that, you're, you're you're turning a blind eye, you and you're really not seeing what's happening. You're really not seeing what's happening. If you have the a, a larger demonstration the day after inauguration, worldwide, I'm not even talking about in Washington D.C. Worldwide about the new incoming president versus his inauguration ceremony and the crowd that that showed up for that, you know there's a problem. You know there's a problem. If you know, if you know, if you know, if you are staying up on things, that this president has the absolute all-time, he, I mean, he, he's leading this. He's leading this. He, he's only been in, in office since January 20th. And his approval rating is the lowest of any, any incoming president ever. Ever. Why is that? Why is that? People better wake up. People better wake up. Cause of the stir this early. And he's only been in office, what, two, three weeks? People, you you haven't seen anything yet. He's taken the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff off the National Security Council. Steve Bannon, a permanent member on there, there. a a white supremacist, a, a nationalist, and a guy that's that is on the national security council 
has no experience whatsoever. He, he's trying to get Jeff Sessions, and it's just and, and I keep telling people that this out of all the nominations um, for these different positions, the Attorney General is the scariest to me because Jeff Sessions will be the head law enforcement officer. And Jeff Sessions' history is of not favoring any type of minorities whatsoever. Senator from Alabama, just read up on Jeff Sessions, and you will not stand why he could be the nominee for the attorney general. Well, you can because of this administration, because every every one of these appointments or every one of these uh, uh, people that uh, were nominated for these different positions were exactly the type of person you wouldn't want in there. The exact opposite. Exact opposite. All right, let's talk about this game. I got a few minutes. I rambled on. I really didn't want to get into politics, but it got me going. Got my got my uh, blood boiling. And um, it is what it is. I, you know what? I, I, this is who I like. I got a little more, a minute and a half, but and but I'm gonna go a little bit over. I'm gonna go a little bit over. This should be an exciting game. I think the over-under is around 57, if not give or take, 57, 58, 59, somewhere around there. Um, Number one and two, scoring offense in in the NFL. Number two, scoring defense with the New England Patriots. Interesting game. Everybody, uh, the the, uh, New England Patriots are favored by three points, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I'm always a nut. If you've listened to me for every, every amount of time you've listened to me, you know I'm, I don't go along with the, with the so-called experts majority of time. I'm not going along with the so-called experts here either or what, what the uh, Vegas is saying. I'd like – the Atlanta Falcons in this. Um, I'm picking a score. It's probably going to be under 59, 57. I'm picking at 34, 28, somewhere around there. 34, 28 with the Atlanta Falcons winning this game. Um, I like the Atlanta Falcons. I think yeah, not because I, I don't like and dislike the organization of the New England Patriots. Um, it's just that I think, uh, in my opinion, that the uh, Atlanta Falcons have a better, can overcome um, what the New England Patriots can put out, whether it's on the defensive or offensive side of the ball. Uh, I know that Atlanta's defense is not all that. And and like I said, New England's defense is the number one scoring defense in the uh, NFL. Uh, But uh, I got to believe Kyle Shanahan and company, along with Matt Ryan running the ship, is that uh, they'll find a way and punch holes in that New England defense enough to 
go off with the first win for the Atlanta Falcons with more than likely uh, Matt Ryan being the MVP. I'm not going to call that, but I'm going to call that the uh, Atlanta Falcons are um, going to have that 24-carat magic and uh, walk off with the uh, Super Bowl trophy, Vince Lombardi trophy, uh, being the champions of the uh, NFL for 2016 season. All right, people, that that wraps it up. Um, I had spent my time here, went pretty quickly. Uh, enjoy the game. Let the party begin. Um, we uh, are going to party here and uh, cook some chili, some cornbread, and some other things, and some and, and some pasta salad, and other things that an array of things, along with some um, refreshments that are going to get us in the mood. And uh, hopefully you do the same thing, but do it safely. Enjoy the uh, uh, day's festivity, set festivities le- leading up to the Super Bowl. And uh, hopefully uh, your team, whether it's the Atlanta Falcons or the New England Patriots, come out on top. Got to give one shout-out to my nephew, who's a, who is the only Falcon fan that I know. The only Falcon fan that I know is uh, – uh, Ryan Riley, hope your team wins, and I'm hoping they do the same. With that being said, I'm out.